Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, passion for excellence. Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. Experience the 2011 Hyundai Sonata today at HyundaiSonata.com. This is AutoLine Daily for May 25th, 2011, and now the news. Chrysler paid off its loans to the U.S. and Canadian governments yesterday, six years early, and now Sergio Marchionne is looking to truly merge the two companies together. The Wall Street Journal reports he wants to have one management group for both companies, not the two separate groups that they're now using. That means design, engineering, manufacturing, purchasing, finance, and even the board of directors will each be combined into one entity. And it'll be fascinating to see how he does it. Will the managers at Fiat be the ones who take control, or will Marchione decide to balance the company between Italian and American managers? I guess we'll know soon enough. And speaking of picking top managers, the French government is telling Renault what it wants the company to do before it approves its new chief operating officer. As we reported yesterday, Renault would like Carlos Tavares to replace Patrick Pallada to become COO, reporting to Carlos Gowen. But before it gives its okay, the French government, which owns about 15% of Renault, is demanding that Renault play a bigger role in its alliance with Nissan. It also wants Renault to make more upscale cars in France, and it wants the COO to get a more important title. You know, it's interesting to compare how government involvement in a car company differs between the U.S. and France. While Uncle Sam dictated the terms of the bankruptcy for GM and Chrysler, it's refrained from telling management what to do since then. In France, the government is telling Renault to do what's right for the country, which may not necessarily be what's right for the company. Volkswagen just opened a new manufacturing plant in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and now Audi may want to get in on the action. The Wall Street Journal reports executives will decide in the next year whether or not they'll build cars in the U.S. V-Dub wants to triple its sales in the U.S. to 1 million units by 2018. That works out to about 800,000 vehicles for Volkswagen and 200,000 for Audi. Last year, Audi barely sold more than 100,000 vehicles in the U.S. But the question is, what model or models would Audi build here? The A4 is far and away its bestseller in America, but 3,000 cars a month is not enough volume to keep a factory open. The Q5 is their number two, but only about 2,000 folks drove away in one last month. This tells me the company would export vehicles from the U.S., and where the dollar is now could make that good business sense. In other manufacturing news, GM's Hamtramck assembly plant is a massive facility, and the company is loading it up with more new product. According to the Detroit News, the automaker is expected to announce it'll build the next generation Chevy Impala there. The Pole Town plant is home to the Volt, as well as the upcoming 2013 Malibu. The new Impala is expected to launch in the 2012 or 2013 timeframe. You know, it's interesting, GM's decided to put this car in Hamtramck. The current Impala is built in Oshawa, Ontario. It's the company's third best-selling passenger car, 
after the Malibu and Cruze. Chevy sold about 21,000 of them last month, and interestingly, the base price is about $25,000. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is considering a requirement that all new vehicles be equipped with black boxes. According to Wired Magazine, the agency is expected to make the proposal later in the year, and it would expand the use and set standards for black boxes, or what are formerly known as event data recorders. Currently, there is no industry standard for the boxes or federal laws defining who has access to the information. Instead, it's up to the states to decide. The new proposal would make access universal and set specific guidelines to prevent modification, removal, or deactivation of the black boxes. The proposals would also set standards as to what information these boxes collect. You know, it might sound like Big Brother trying to look over us, but most new vehicles are already equipped with those black boxes. And speaking of government mandates, the EPA is expected to announce changes to window stickers for new vehicles. Last week, we reported that the Obama administration dropped the idea of handing out letter grades to vehicles based on their fuel economy. And now the Detroit Free Press reports the new stickers will show emissions information as well as how the vehicle's gas mileage compare to other vehicles in its class. It will also try and have meaningful comparisons between traditionally powered vehicles and alternative ones. One analyst is warning that Chinese automakers face severe overcapacity unless they change plans to expand. According to Bloomberg, domestic automakers, Chinese domestic automakers like Great Wall, Geely, and BYD are expanding faster than the joint ventures and other state-owned firms. Those three companies plan on expanding capacity 55% by 2015. Overcapacity could hit 3 million units next year for Chinese automakers. Sales in the country are slowing down, so unless they start aggressively selling overseas or cut back on their expansion plans, overcapacity will cripple profitability there. Coming up next, it is time for You Said It. Introducing Bridgestone's third generation of run-flat tires with groundbreaking new Bridgestone technologies. Bridgestone run-flat tires offer improved ride comfort, lower rolling resistance, and improved wear while giving you the peace of mind and comfort you need. And now it's time for You Said It. Jesse writes in to say, If all the tree huggers out there ever came to their senses, the U.S. wouldn't need to worry about oil in the Mideast. We could produce what we have and sell it like they do. Well, not exactly, Jesse. While the U.S. can and should and will produce a lot more of its own oil, we simply use so much, we're still going to have to import it. The optimists say the U.S. can increase production by 2 million barrels a day, but that means we'd still need to import nearly 8 million barrels a day. However, that would put us on the path to eliminate importing any oil from OPEC countries. HTG wants to know, how does VW sell TDI engines, but the other car makers can't seem to make it work? Is it really California's air laws that are keeping diesels out? Well, California isn't helping the situation when it comes to diesels, but the main reason VW can make it work has to do with volume. VW simply sells more diesels in Europe than any other manufacturer that sells cars in the US. That means it can spread its manufacturing and emission costs over more engines, making it cheaper for every diesel car, including the ones it sells in the U.S. But having said that, 
BMW, Audi, Mercedes, Mazda, even Chevrolet will start selling diesels in the U.S. And come 2014, we'll see others jumping in as well. Kit Gerhardt saw our review of the convertible Camaro and me complaining about wind noise. He says, I don't know exactly what is meant by wind leakage here, but all soft top convertibles have wind noise, even expensive ones like Rolls Royce. Yeah, I know, Kit, but this was a specific air leak in a specific location on the passenger side window. Once the car went over 45 miles an hour, it became very noticeable. I don't know if it was a problem with the top or a problem with the build quality, but no ragtop should have that problem, especially one that costs $43,000. Cozy Cole says, John, you're bashing the cafe rules and displaying a chart on usage, but did you take into consideration all the extra drivers and cars since 1980 on our roads? Well, Cozy, I did take that into consideration. My point is, the CAFE laws were written to reduce how much oil we use. And we're using more, not less. So if the goal is to reduce oil, then we need to have a new plan that will do just that. And Daniel Armstrong wrote into us on Facebook saying, I'm reading conflicting reports about Chrysler paying back its loans. Some say Chrysler is paid in full. Others say Chrysler still owes money on the loans. Who's right? Well, Daniel, Chrysler borrowed money from the banks and sold bonds, then took that money and paid off the government loans, which carried extremely high interest rates. So even though it borrowed money to pay off its loans, it's going to save several hundred million dollars a year in interest costs. And thanks for all your letters and comments. We truly appreciate your involvement and feedback and that's today's report on the top news in the global automotive industry. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.